Hello and welcome to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer, a series featuring conversations with experts to share recent market developments, key insights and strategic inputs from around the globe. In each episode, we cut through the noise to bring practical advice and macro research on today's shifting economic and market landscape. Please listen to the important legal information at the end of this podcast. Hello everyone, my name is Helen and I'm an investment writer at Julius Baer in Zurich. I'm sitting here with Christian Gattica, our Head of Research, and Mark Matthews, our Head of Research Asia Pacific. Hello to both of you and thank you for taking the time for this podcast today. Hello Helen. Hi Helen. So in the next 15 to 20 minutes, we'll focus on our market outlook across all asset classes for the year 2022. We'll elaborate on the current situation and also summarize our views in terms of what investors can expect over the coming months and maybe years. I suggest we stick to a certain structure so it's easy for our listeners to follow. We'll start by putting the new year in perspective, explaining where we stand from a macroeconomic point of view and discuss our outlook on inflation too. And then in the second part, we'll have a deep dive across asset classes setting out where we see most value emerging. And last but not least, we will also look at two very interesting next generation topics, cloud computing and artificial intelligence. Now, Christian, before we start with our outlook for the new year, could you please give us a brief review of 2021? Well, for the outlook 2021, we used contain and heal as a theme for the year. With the global society and economy fighting the worst health crisis in 100 years, we found this analogy fit. This was about containing the fallout of the pandemic and slowly healing all affected areas in the economy. To facilitate this, policymakers around the world launched massive programs ready to support the economy, both in terms of generous monetary policies and generous government spending. From what we see, the efforts were successful overall. Yes, absolutely, Christian. Developed market economies managed to stage an impressive comeback after the slump in 2020, and some of them even reached pre-pandemic levels. And this was only possible due to their massive support programs, the U.S.-led and what the IMF calls additional spending and foregone revenue in direct response to the pandemic. That's a long way of saying fiscal stimulus. In fact, since the beginning of the crisis, Fiscal stimulus in the United States was an incredible 25% of its gross domestic product in 2020. Then New Zealand, Great Britain, Singapore, Australia, they all spent about 20% of their GDPs in fiscal stimulus to safeguard their economies. And Germany spent 15%. And then at the, the other end of the advanced economies rankings are the Scandinavian governments, and they spent around 5% of their 2020 GDPs in fiscal stimulus. So these are some quite impressive numbers. Let's look ahead now. Christian, you titled our market outlook for 2022, Getting Back in Shape. Can you tell us why you went for this title? For 2022, we expect a shift into a more self-sustained mode that will lead to the economy getting back in shape. With anti-demand returning and more normalization in the sectors most affected by the pandemic, this has good odds of succeeding. Firstly, We expect capital expenditure to be supportive. And secondly, inventory restocking will keep end demand alive. And thirdly, the activation of pent-up demand will keep consumption well underpinned. 
And what does this mean then for the massive stimulus programs? Well, with uh, things normalizing and self-help kicking in, policymakers around the world will seek to curb some of their generous crisis programs. First and foremost, monetary policy has started to prepare economic actors to expect some less generous support, but also fiscal spending will no longer reach the extreme levels observed during the pandemic crisis. Looking at specific regions and countries, one of the major surprises in 2021 for the Western world was the policy change in China. Mark, can you summarise for us, please, just in a few sentences, what happened and what our stance is now going into 2022? Sure, Helen. Policy transition and regulatory crackdowns in China weighed heavily on China's markets and China-sensitive markets in 2021. First, there was monetary policy tightening. That caused about a 20% decline in Chinese equity prices in February and March of last year. And then, right after that, we got regulatory changes in the internet and other sectors that triggered another 20% drop in the summer. Now, if we look forward, what we think is the worst is behind China, Chinese equities. In fact, last month's Politburo meeting and the Central Economic Working Conference both had a dovish tone with stability highlighted as the top economic priority for this year. So the equity market, we think, will stabilize too. On the other hand, we have to admit that what's been announced isn't enough to turn around the problems in the property sector, which is enormous. It's the biggest sector in the Chinese economy, and the large developers there saw their sales in December go down anywhere from 70 to 90%. So... China was certainly one headwind for the markets last year, but the elephant in the room really was inflation, or rather the rise of inflation expectations. Would you agree with that, Christian? Yes, Helen, that's right. Since September, the focus has shifted to inflation and how central bankers will react on it. Some acceleration of inflation has been well flagged, mostly due to the famous base effect. But what we see now is clearly going far beyond ordinary reflation. The combination of supply chain disruptions, much higher energy prices, the cost of transitioning to a sustainable economy, and COVID-related distortions in the labor market all drive inflation expectations higher, almost by the day. So the second half of the last year was spent speculating on whether the effects were transitory, permanent, or worst of all, self-enforcing, meaning higher prices would trigger higher prices by default as consumers and producers start creating continuous scarcity in goods and services. To all these questions, 2022 should allow for more qualified and longer-term answers. Entering the year, we still think it is most likely that inflation is 80% transitory, 20% permanent, and 0% self-enforcing. In everyday language, this means that prices will not rise as much as in 2021, but neither will inflation rates go back to the low levels seen before the crisis. In other words, inflation will slow down but not fall to pre-crisis levels. Christian, if I may add, I don't think many of us can claim to have experienced these kind of inflation prints during our careers. And the last three decades saw more deflationary forces at work. I think you'd agree, forces like globalization and technological progress that pushed down the overall cost of living. And now suddenly we're back at levels last seen in the 1980s. One example is in durable goods. In the United States, refrigerators, uh, personal computers, motorcycles, the prices of those rose about 30% in 2021. Can you imagine? But we expect, as Christian said, prices to normalize as supply chains get back into shape and as supply and demand become more balanced again. 
Now, having said that, those price decreases that we became accustomed to in the previous few decades, they're probably not going to be repeated going forward. And some of the supply chains are changing geographically, which means higher costs. And, and we know that input costs have risen sharply. Just think about energy prices, real estate prices. Those are going to trickle down to the consumer in various different ways too. Very interesting. Thanks a lot, Mark. Now let's delve into the different asset classes and let's start with currencies. What really caught my eye reading through your Market Outlook 2022 publication is that despite the wobbles in China, you still believe that the Chinese yuan is one of the best currencies to hold this year. Why is that? Helen, we do. And in essence, the reason is we think it has a structural support that almost all other currencies lack. And what I mean by that is it's become clear to us since last summer that China is pursuing a strategy of keeping its currency strong, kind of like what Germany did before the euro in the 80s and the 90s, that Deutschmark had a reputation as being one of the world's most stable currencies because of the monetary policy of the Bundesbank, which was for a strong and stable currency. And we think that China wants to foster the same reputation for the renminbi that the Deutschmark had back then. Now, if you add on to that, there's also a still sizable yield advantage that the renminbi has over other currencies. Uh, so if you put those two things together, stability, yield, basically it means the renminbi should be a decent currency to own well beyond this year. And if I may add, Helen, I think when it comes to a more tactical view in currency markets, we do believe the dollar, the US dollar, will still do well this year versus most of its major peers. Relative to the euro, for example, it's shifted from being overvalued to more neutrally valued just in a matter of months late last year. And the reason is that the eurozone economy depends much more heavily on imported energy and exports to the rest of the world than the US does. Thanks, Mark. So in summary, then, it's the US dollar and the Chinese renminbi investors should focus on in 2022. Now, let's drill down a little bit deeper and talk about where fixed income investors may find an extra bit of yield this year. It seems it'll be quite a challenge given our forecast of rising policy rates in the US, although not only in the US, in 2022. Yes, Helen, indeed, the odds really seem to be stacked against fixed income investors looking for a quiet year ahead. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell said it after the December meeting, three rate hikes in 2022 are a distinct possibility. Now, the trillion-dollar question is where that leads to in terms of monetary policy in the world's biggest economy. We expect the Fed to move to a neutral stance while providing ample liquidity along the way. Even our expectation of a first rate hike in June or so cannot be labeled as serious tightening as the economy should be quite sound by then. Therefore, despite the rather benign backdrop in terms of projected defaults, fixed income investors still have to face the uneasy task of managing the uncertainty in the growth inflation picture while keeping the Fed reaction in mind. So an open mind and a flexible stance are warranted for investors. And there are various strategies available where investors can do just that. In the traditional fixed income bracket, we focus on crossover debt, which is a synonym for bonds rated along the line between investment grade and high yield. So double B, triple B rated bonds. But there are alternative strategies available too. Outside traditional fixed income, which provide a similar or higher income with a comparable risk return backdrop, 
And these strategies become more attractive the worse the picture looks in fixed income markets. Right. So that really doesn't sound like an easy year ahead for fixed income investors. But what about equities? Is this still our asset class of choice? Yes, Helen, definitely. Even after developed market equities delivered another stellar year of returns in 2021, we believe that there is no other asset class which provides a similar set of performance drivers also in 2022. Of course, the backdrop is becoming more challenging for equity markets as global economic momentum and earnings are slowing down from high levels, while central banks are increasingly withdrawing their policy support. As such, we expect more normal returns in the high single-digit range for equity markets this year compared to 2020 or 2021. That said, compared to other traditional asset classes, equities remain highly attractive. The equity risk premium, which measures the relative attractiveness of equities versus bonds, still hovers above the long-term historical average. Moreover, given the low visibility on the inflation trajectory, equities remain a good hedge against higher inflation. In terms of investment strategy for 2022, we recommend implementing a barbell strategy approach, combining quality growth names from the information technology and healthcare sectors with financials to protect against higher real rates. Moreover, we also see an attractive buying opportunity in the small cap segment, which is already pricing in too meaningful a slowdown in economic growth and benefits from rising yields and the steepening of the yield curve. From a country perspective, we favor US and on a selective basis European equities in French, Italian and Swiss markets. Given our expectations of more moderate market returns in 2022, stock picking becomes increasingly important too. We focus on companies that will thrive in the post-pandemic world and look for them from three different angles. First, companies that will continue to perform well after the initial rebound. Second, companies that will successfully navigate the transitory inflation spike and supply constraints. And thirdly, companies that will benefit from the trends amplified by the pandemic. But the picture changes then slightly when we look at emerging market equities. Is that right, Mark? Yes. Unfortunately, 2021 was yet another year where emerging markets were an opportunity cost, especially versus the United States. Authorities in emerging markets were forced to withdraw policy support earlier because of high inflation. And then there was China's regulatory crackdown. This year, we do see central bankers in emerging markets with no other choice than to keep monetary conditions tight. And on China, I mentioned earlier, there has been some policy easing, but we all know that there has been as well a massive shift, a shift from a growth-centric model to a redistributive model. I want to say, though, that this is also a theme that can be invested in, especially in the onshore otherwise known as the A-share market. And this market has many companies that should be beneficiaries of the quote-unquote common prosperity goal of creating income equality, the redistributive program that is underway now in China. The A-shares are also an economically sensitive market, so they should benefit from the counter-cyclical stimulus measures that started last month and we think will continue. I would also say that Chinese households now realize that the government is not going to allow much property price appreciation, if any. So they're looking for investment alternatives outside of property, and the stock market obviously is one. 
And I also would like to say it's not the case that the onshore market is all boring state-owned banks and utilities anymore. In fact, there are a lot of companies in interesting sectors like, for example, alternative energy and artificial intelligence. And then, Helen, I might add, India stands out to us for having entered its own virtuous economic cycle. Ironically, just around when COVID started, and that came after almost a decade of subpar growth. So they have a lot of catching up to do. And this cycle is a unique one. It's a domestic one. And given the obviously enormous size of India, actually surpassing China to become the world's most populous country as we speak, and it's also in the middle of a digital revolution to boot, we think it's a place that deserves investment. Thanks, Mark. Really interesting. And so we've already mentioned the spike of energy prices when talking about inflation drivers. What's our outlook for commodities in 2022, Christian? The commodity space and uh, most notably energy have seen a tumultuous two years. In the case of crude oil, anything was possible during this phase from below $20 to above $80 per barrel with the reasons behind the fluctuation ranging from a price war between large oil producers to major shortages in energy supply during the recovery phase. For 2022, we expect the situation to become as normal as it gets in the commodity area, which is a market that is notoriously prone to major surprises and U-turns, of course. However, by and large, we expect the supply response to kick in while demand may not be as buoyant as in 2021. The result overall may be some easing of prices. For crude oil, for example, the US dollar 60 per barrel level may be reached again. And what about gold? Helen, we have to acknowledge the last 12 months showed gold couldn't keep its promise as an inflation hedge. And frankly, we don't see that opportunity for it to vindicate itself going forward because we see inflation kind of ebbing, coming down over the course of this year. And if monetary policy is less generous and if economies normalize, it's hard to see any major upside for gold. Okay, thank you very much, both of you. So far then, we have looked at the macroeconomic environment for 2022, our views on currencies, fixed income, equities and commodities. And from what we have spoken about, there really seem to be some challenges, but also opportunities ahead for investors. That leads me to my last question. Do you see any particular trends which seem to be overlooked by many people and may therefore be attractively valued? Well, Helen, there is one topic that I wouldn't call cheap per se, that's hard to find these days anyway, but which is still by far underrepresented in most investors' portfolios, and that is cloud computing and artificial intelligence. Both of these are benefiting from the same underlying drivers, rapidly rising computer power and global growing amounts of data. On a per capita basis, Global data generation is set to grow from less than 20 gigabytes in 2020 to almost 60 gigabytes per day in 2022, according to the International Data Corporation. Both technologies, cloud computing and AI, are crucial when it comes to mastering these massive amounts of data. Cloud computing has gone from being an investment into the distant future to one that is a safe and stable business model with a constant revenue stream for suppliers and that provides users with state-of-the-art digital capabilities. Cloud computing solutions are not only more powerful than on-site solutions, they are typically safer in terms of cyber risks too. Meanwhile, artificial intelligence, 
is turning more and more into the expected general purpose technology with very broad-based applications, ranging from fraud detection in financial services to image recognition in healthcare, for example. While they have come of age, we see both technologies as constant companions of an increasingly digitized world as we enter into the new post-pandemic normal. Excellent. Thank you both so much for the really interesting insights into our outlook for the year ahead. And with that, we conclude this edition of the Beyond Markets podcast. I'd like to thank both Christian and Mark for joining me today and sharing their thoughts with us. And thank you all for tuning in. We do hope that you enjoyed listening to this conversation and we hope that you'll join us again soon. Bye for now. You have been listening to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. To learn more about Julius Baer, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbaer.com. We will be back with a brand new episode soon. This is a podcast disclaimer. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. The podcast content is intended for information purposes only and does not constitute an offer, a recommendation or an invitation by or on behalf of Julius Baer to buy or sell any securities, security-based derivatives or other products or to participate in any particular trading strategy in any jurisdiction. Julius Baer does not accept liability for any loss arising from the use of the podcast content. Please refer to www.juliusbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further important legal information.